this. He's the Saber Advisors Audio Experience. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just leaving the gym in a storm. <laughs> it's raining out All here. Right. All right. All right. All right. So I guess we'll kick this off. Um, good morning, everybody. This is This Week in Retail with Sabre Advisors. Uh, as a reminder, we are recording. Uh, Sabre is all about content creation, and uh, this is something that will be uh, replayed on the Sabre audio experience as well as uh, possibly other formats as well. So if you come up to speak, just a reminder that uh, you will be recorded. Uh, good morning, Morgan. That finally worked, huh? Yeah, I I left the room and joined back in, so I think that was I think that helped. I don't right. know what's Everyone going seems on. a little bit glitchy this morning, so hopefully this all works out. Um, so I wanted to talk today. I'm putting Morgan and, and Jennifer on the spot a little bit, um, and you'll understand why in a second. So uh, Russell is unable to join today. He's on vacation, and Doug had kind of a last minute uh, fire he needed to put out. But what we were going to talk about today was um, it's sort of twofold. One, how do we get more young people involved in commercial real estate? How do we make them aware of the opportunities that there are in commercial real estate? Uh, and then on the flip side, and, and the reason I wanted all these wonderful ladies up here is how do we get more women and especially young women involved in commercial real estate? Because I think that's something that is not even on the radar for most folks in general. Um, but obviously it's a very male dominated industry. Uh, I think we're very fortunate, you know, as a group to be surrounded by a lot of powerhouse women and, and that is, uh, unique. And, you know, I, I think the industry in general would benefit from a lot more of that. So, um, I want to hear all of these unique perspectives. Um, Natalie, you had kind of a, a atypical, um, path to real estate, I, I think yours was a little bit more direct than most. Um, I, I'd like to kind of start with you. I, you know, most people in this industry, I think, kind of fall into it and come from some other area of life and, and uh, you know, just find it by happenstance and realize they love it. Um, but you, you kind of had your, your mindset a little bit better. So I wouldn't mind uh, if you just talk about your story for a minute and just kind of catch us up on how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I am a little congested, so I hope you guys can hear me okay. Um, so thank you, Justin, for the question. A lot of people that I meet in the industry um, do fall into it from other places. I know um, people have like degrees in you know, political science or whatever it is, and then they end up in commercial real estate later. Um, I was very lucky and blessed to have found the commercial real estate industry when I was still in college and was able to shift um, and head that way before I even graduated. So, um, I, I don't know if people know this about me, but I went to, um, college early and I was only in college for about two and a half years before I started working full time. So I had a lot to do in that time. And eventually I found commercial real estate because Florida state where I went had a class, a program and a club, um, directly, dedicated to real estate. So, um, I took some classes. I was like, Oh, is this finance? But like on steroids, like what is this industry that I had no idea existed? Um, and then with the club, I ended up, uh, getting elected to the board and was able to connect with, um, different offices of CBRE, JLL, uh, Avison Young, Marcus and Millen all these big firms when I was still a junior in college. So 
Um, I just made it my mission to like investigate the commercial real estate industry. And I did like everything in my power to shadow every single firm that I maybe wanted to work at and attend conferences as a student. So for ICSC, I could attend conferences for $50. Um, So I went to Vegas one year as a student. I went to Atlanta one year as a student and a, a couple other ones. So I was able to meet so many people in the industry before I even like thought about having a job. So I had um, three commercial real estate internships before I graduated. So I was just kind of like set up to to go in that um, trajectory. Am I saying that word correctly? Um, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My brain paused for a minute. Um, and so when I was a senior in college, I shadowed, I think it was like 12 different firms total, um, spring break, winter break in between classes, like whatever I could do to like get in someone's office and see what they did. Um, I did that. And so I found, um, that there was a team at JLL in Tampa that I really wanted to work for. I really liked what they did. And so I chased the broker, I think for like seven or eight months (laughs) before he was like, all right, I'll hire you. (laughs) you seem like you have what it takes to get into this industry. So uh, I met as well. So um, by the time I graduated, I had a job secured at JLL and um, kind of the rest is history from there. But I was an overly aggressive student for sure. And a lot of people did not have the kind of drive that I had. um, That's for sure. But I love to see the other people who are in commercial real estate who had a drive of the same similarity and just a different path. It like makes my heart warm. At what point during that process, like when you got kind of introduced to this, were you like, this is, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. Like it's, was it that first class in college or was it a little bit after that? Um, the first class in college really sparked my interest, but it wasn't until I started going to the conferences and networking and like throwing myself into the fire when I was like, um, I'm 19 years old and I can like do it with the big boys. I think I can do this and it's fun. So <laughs> that's really what happened. That's awesome. Um, Jennifer, would you mind telling us a little bit about your introduction to real estate and kind of how you got to where you are? Uh, sure. So thanks for that, Justin. Um, I kind of fell into it. Like you mentioned, um, I was putting myself through college. I was at San Diego state and, um, I was working at a part-time as an accountant for a construction company that was the GC on the rebuild of Mission Valley Center in San Diego. And while I would go out to the property and do the accounting, run everybody's AIA forms, get collect all the lien releases. And um, someone came into our job site trailer and asked if anyone was looking for a job, a full-time position. And I said, yeah, I was. And it was with Westfield. They were re- redeveloping the center. And you know, I was on site for the project. And then when the project finished, Web- uh, Westfield offered me a position at their corporate headquarters in LA. So I moved to LA in accounting and then got moved over to tenant coordination to spearhead a new role they were looking to roll out to try and cut down on the time from lease execution to store opening. And so started that process, helped them develop a program for it. And then that was around the time 
of that kiosk, I mean, this is going back a while, that kiosks kind of got introduced to the malls. And, you know, these mall owners discovered this new GLA and they were rolling them out as fast as they could, but they weren't providing the kiosks. And so an architect from Westfield and I started a kiosk brokerage company and we left and I left Westfield and we were doing kiosks across the country, um, indoor and outdoor. And I was just all the time, you know, if I wasn't selling kiosks during the day, I was at an installation in the middle of the night because you can't really install kiosks right in the middle of the day. So it was round the clock and intense. And one of my biggest clients ended up hiring me to roll out their expansion up and down California. And then, then from there went to work for red development in Arizona, um, back in 01. And then just kind of went from developer to raising, then kind of got out of it for a while, raised kids, kept my license, did some, you know, investments and then got back into it. It's kind of a long story. Sorry. No, that that's great. I, I think the, the kiosk thing is really interesting because, and I don't think I knew that about you, but that's a really, um, specialized kind of, uh, business. And especially if you're, you know, on the side kind of doing the installation and everything and it, it's, um, that's a very unique, uh, kind of experience. I don't think a lot of people have had, so that, that's great. I didn't know that at all. Um, Morgan, I'm going to put you on the spot now for a minute. Hopefully you still can talk and, um, let me know, let all of us know, uh, how you got to where you are. Cause I know we've, we've talked more recently about, um, kind of your more recent path to Sabre, but, uh, I'd like for you to kind of tell everyone, uh, at the inception and kind of how you got to where you are. Yeah, definitely. So um, I actually come from a real estate family. My grandparents are residential investors. My mom has been a residential realtor in my market for almost 30 years now. And my sister actually graduated college with a real estate development and finance degree. She was in multifamily. Um, now she's actually in office, but at first I was like, you know, I'm not going to go into real estate because I didn't want to do what my family was doing. Um, and then, so that's when I actually got into fitness and I became a personal trainer. And then I realized the hours I was putting in was not getting me the, the greatest return that I wanted as far as income goes. So that's when I decided to get my real estate license. And obviously since my mom was in residential, I went to the residential side of things. And that's kind of when I was, I mean, I've been licensed since 2018. And I, before COVID, I had the opportunity. I got connected with a boutique real estate brokerage that was looking to grow his team. And so, you know, um, my mom was like, you're not commercial. It's hard to get into blah, 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 you know, all that good stuff. And I'm always up for a challenge. And, um, you know, I was like, well, how do I know if I'm not, if I don't like it, if I don't try it. So that's when I decided, I decided to jump into commercial real estate and, get into, uh, the boutique brokerage that I was with for a year until I fell into Sabre. And that's kind of how I got into it. So 
I mean, I think um, as far as, you know, having, getting women more into the industry, I just think it needs to be more of an effort. You know, I know that there's a commercial real estate women organization and things like that. Um, I don't really know much about the crew and Natalie and Jennifer. I don't know if y'all do, but I know that they do like community outreaches and things like that. I just don't know how, I just think it needs to be more, um, emphasized, uh, in awareness as far as bringing more women into the industry and younger women too. Cause a lot of younger women, they tend to fall into residential. Even when they're first starting out, I had this incident, um, just here recently that this girl, she was going to, she was a teacher and she was getting a real estate license and she sees the vision of commercial real estate, but then she thought about it. I don't know if she had conversations or what, but she decided to go into the residential side of things and not jump into commercial right away. So it's just like, okay, so why, why is that, you know? So, and I'll, I'll maybe phrase the question, um, more specifically, but you know, I, I, I think a lot of that just has to do with exposure. Like all of us have had some experience with, um, you know, a residential, agent, a broker, whatever, you know, being a consumer ourselves and buying a house or watching our parents move or buy a house, or, you know, a family member or a friend who's in that business, you see signs on lawns, you know, driving around or even walking around from the time you're a little kid, it's, it's ubiquitous. And all of us have exposure to that. But a lot of what we do on the commercial side is very much behind the scenes, at least in terms of the general public. And even if you're driving by commercial properties and there's a sign out front, it's not, it's one of those things like you'd be surprised how much the general public drives past those signs and, and they don't even notice them, right? Like until it becomes something that is relevant to them, it's just white noise in the background. Um, and you know, I, I think there's an aspect of, and at least this was the case for me, and I'm curious um, if it was the case for you guys, but, you know, growing up, when people asked what I wanted to do for a living, I looked around and, you know, I was exposed to a really nice community, but, you know, everyone's parents either worked in Wall Street or were doctors or owned a business. And like, that's all I thought there was in the world. Um, you know, if I wanted to have a a high paying successful job. And I'm, I'm using air quotes that you can't see, but, um, that was what I thought you were supposed to do. And, you know, I, I, I think there's just a lack of exposure about what we do. And especially on the retail side, like there's just, there's no one out there explaining this to high school kids, college kids, etc. And if you had said to me when I was in college that there'd be a job that I could work that, you know, I'd have the opportunity to make a lot of money. I would be dealing with things that I loved, like shopping, restaurants, um, you know, fitness, all of those things. And I got to do that on a daily basis. And I wasn't stuck behind a desk Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, I would have jumped at that. And even when I was out of college and searching for my first career, that wasn't even something that literally crossed my desk, so to speak. So there was no, um, 
there was no uh, transparency to that. So I, I guess the question is, and that was a long way of getting to it, but you know, is this a, a, a just a matter of educating the general public and and maybe specifically younger folks and younger women um, that this is a, a possibility that there's something out there? And I think Crew Foundation, if I'm not mistaken, is the the group that kind of targets. Uh, or maybe not foundation, maybe it's crew university. One of those targets like, you know, uh, college kids and, um, that kind of thing. But outside of that, is there anything that anyone's aware of that, that, you know, is trying to educate the general public? Well, Justin, even what you said about, um, college kids being aware is I was someone whose degree was real estate and it was really hard for me to break into the commercial real estate industry, even with those qualifications, it's a relationship business and a lot of jobs are not even posted. So even when someone learns about commercial real estate, it's not like, okay, I'll go on LinkedIn and apply to five places and then I have a job as a broker. So there, there's multi-levels to this as well. That's actually a really interesting point that I never thought of. I mean, I, I found it because a guy that I used to coach lacrosse with was in the industry and he's like, hey, you'd be great at this. You should come over. Without that, I never would have gotten here. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I never... I never looked on job postings or anything like that, but it's, um, I imagine it is pretty sparse, especially on the broker side, because how are you going to advertise, you know, what we do, uh, in a way that it looks competitive with some of the other, you know, other jobs, salary jobs specifically. Right. Exactly. And I don't know like any person who has applied the regular way, quote unquote, for a commercial real estate job. It's always been someone introduced them. Well, I think that's where our use in social media comes into play, you know, and just like how TikTok is now trying to use it for job postings and sending in your resume, things like that. You know, I think that the the evolution that we are a part of in the commercial real estate industry, which is using digital marketing, social media, et cetera, um, will, you know, come to surface when it, it, when we have and get more exposure in the younger side of life, I guess you could say. Um, we're just, I guess we're still behind the times. we got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, you're both absolutely right, Nat and Morgan. Um, when I I was in commercial real estate for 10 years before I stepped away to have kids. And when my kids were in kindergarten, my youngest was in kindergarten, I tried to get back into it and it was impossible to infiltrate. I mean, they were like, well, your, your contacts are stale, you're networking, you know, you haven't done anything. And it took me a while to chip my way back into commercial real estate. And I had to actually go work for a residential company for a while just to get back into residential or get, get back into real estate. And then secondly, the, um, like the real estate schools out here, they offer opportunities for speaking and engaging with people going to get their license. Um, like we did for the MRAD program with Carrie Bob, we did the, um, presentation to that group. There's ways to kind of chip away at the places where these people are going that are either interested in real estate or are, you know, interested in construction or development. I mean, there's kind of different ways. And, and then like Morgan said, getting on TikTok, being in front of the audience on the platform of their choice, we really have to kind of invite them in and show them, hey, this is a lot of fun. We, we get, you know, to solve problems every day that are different. 
you know, every day it's a challenge and it's interesting. And it is, you know, for women, especially, oh, you mean I can have a hand in shaping the, my favorite mall or, you know, something in my neighborhood, bringing something to my community. I mean, that's appealing. Yeah. And there's also like a very specific educational barrier, right? It's a great, great point, Jennifer, too, um, is like when people go and interview for a commercial real estate job, like a lot of people are like taking a chance on them, right? Quote unquote. And so if they don't know what a triple net is, if they don't know what TI is, it's a whole learning curve. So I'm still a mentor with the real estate program. And what I tell college students now is do some very basic one-on-one learning on terms. So when you sit in the interview, it's like they don't feel like you're totally, you know, blank slate type of thing, you know, so that's also another piece. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in real estate school, at least where I went to school, I don't know about anywhere else, but they didn't teach anything about commercial real estate. And it wasn't until I took my continuing education credits um, after my two years, when my two years were up, is when they just started introducing like the commercial real estate lingo and verbiage and all that stuff. And it's, and also, you know, like you were saying, Jennifer, um, companies or brokerages have the opportunity to go into these schools and talk about their brokerage and what they have to offer these students, um, when they get their license. And in most cases, you don't see commercial brokerages going into these schools or making some sort of effort to try to recruit the younger professional or, um, giving these students an opportunity to see what the commercial real estate side of things are, you know, it's, it's mostly just residential brokerages going in there. So that's kind of like all they know. Do you think that, um, do you think that more of an education in terms of, and fully understanding that it doesn't totally translate, but, uh, in terms of either, you know, STEM or STEAM kind of education programs, do you think that the impact of those things now with, with, uh, younger women, especially younger girls, um, do you think that that's going to translate eventually into, more folks uh, wanting to be in the commercial side of real estate in general, even if it's not, for instance, retail brokerage, but maybe investment sales or whatever that may be? Well, I mean, Justin, have you ever looked at a tree of like what commercial real estate looks like? (laughs) Like you have the bubbles of multifamily, retail, office, industrial, and then you have subsections of countless things under each thing you know, being a broker at the bottom, maybe people start as an admin or an analyst. And there's like a tree of like the commercial real estate world. And like you said earlier, people see the signs and it's like white noise. So I don't know how to get the education where like, hey, there's a secret world that's like right in front of you (laughs) that you interact with daily and you have no idea about, but it could be like your future career. Like, I don't know how to overcome that hurdle. Yeah, I, I think that's hard, right? Like, there's no playbook. Well, who's got, who's got intentionality to, to target the groups, right? Who's on a mission to educate and bring people around? Get them to understand this is an option. Yeah, I mean, Please other than the only thing I've heard of it is, is through Crew, and I think it's Crew University or Crew U or whatever they call it, but... That's really the only thing that I'm aware of. Um, outside of that, I, I don't know. I mean, it, and it I think that's a big loss for the industry in general. 
I, I still think things, and especially growing up outside of New York, um, finance and, you know, working on Wall Street, for instance, like in quotes, again, has this prestige. There's so many folks who grow up around here and that's that's a goal, right? Or being a doctor. There's all these prestigious careers that you hear about. Um, and I don't, I don't think that people are aware of like, I don't know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle and what that can bring to you, you know, working in real estate and, and what that might mean. Um, and if you're someone who's very analytical and, and really likes, uh, numbers, you know, being an analyst at a, you know, at an owner developer at a, uh, you know, investment firm, there's a lot of positions that, you know, aren't really in the, the sales side of things. Um, and I just don't think there really is no education. There's no way to kind of get that out to the people until something is created. And um, other than social media, and maybe we should be doing more on that, um, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing we should be making a feature that this is something that goes out regularly on, you know, social channels and, and you know, specifically hashtagging things that are directed toward a younger millennial or, you know, kid graduating college or that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think there's a lot of white space there, obviously, but it's also very hard to even think about like how to do that or what would be meaningful or what would be useful to those folks. Well, and yeah. as a woman, I mean, wouldn't you, who wouldn't want the ability to have flexibility if you're deciding to have a family or, you know, owning your own company, owning your own business? I mean, the autonomy is something that would be very attractive to a woman, I would think. Right. Can I jump you in? Mentioned that. Hi, I'm Julie Rosenbaum, um, and I, you know, have a long career in the business. I was uh, at Target for over 20 years and have had my own brokerage and consulting practice the last six. Um, I did my master's in real estate 30 years ago at Wisconsin in real estate and finance, and I'm mentoring graduates right now that are trying to get their foot in the door. And um, when I was in the graduate program, there were 10 women, 200 men. <laughs> so it's always been tilted that way. And um, as a woman in the industry, I have always said, just get used to it because it's a sad reality. I mean, even at Target and Lori Mahalwald is now heading up the real estate department, which was huge strides um, for her to come along that way. Um, but I also hope that companies open up the door more for young, talented people with their master or their graduate degrees and or undergraduate degrees from real strong real estate programs, <clears throat> excuse me, to give them opportunities. Um, I, you know, I had, I have a pretty strong network around the country so I was able to open up dialogues for Georgia, trying to get her in to talk to JLL and CB and, you know, whatever, different companies of that nature. But um, it's, it's hard to crack that door open, you know. Even myself being out on my own the last six years, um, and I've had clients like uh, Sephora and Edge Fitness and worked with A&G on all the lease restructuring this last year. Um, it's still, you know, it is what it is, as you all know. I mean, it's this constant, even doing what you're doing right now with this 
uh, clubhouse, keeping yourselves out there and in front of people in the industry. But opening up the door for others is something we all need to mindfully try to do and hold space for them as they try to open up their careers in the industry. That's all. <laughs> no, I, I think that's actually really valuable. I mean, for for those master's programs specifically, um, you know, and and in college, I was not exposed to that. I didn't have that opportunity. I don't even know if that would have changed my mind about going to a different school had I known about that. Um, but, you know, going going through kind of your, your college experience, should those programs be made more, um, uh, I'm trying to think of, should they be um, laid out more in a way for undergraduate students? Like, hey, this is, this is something that's useful to get you here. And I'm not saying by the school to, to pitch those. I'm saying more from, you know, the, the, the private side of things from the companies coming in and saying, hey, there are these master's programs. They're great. They're a great vehicle to get you here. Um, or, you know, there's certain schools have certain undergraduate programs that you should be going to. Or, you know, here's some other, you know, uh, online education that you can be taking uh, to help kind of further your career with the intention that that'll just uh, help strengthen uh, and, and increase the size of the pipeline uh, for those coming out of school. Yeah, and they do have, and I apologize, um, there is an undergraduate program at Wisconsin, and it's number one in the country in real estate. Um, so, you know, my path was interesting. My undergraduate was in marketing. This is a long time ago. And I ended up working for a developer out of undergrad in his on random projects and in accounting. And I was curious and I went and worked for um, Madison Development Corporation. And I took a class special student status because it was interesting to me at the time, right? So I'd go in, I'd walk, through, I was living in Madison, you know, walk up the whatever, a mile up to the campus every day, every, you know, at noon and take this class. I think it was, maybe it was on appraisal or fi real estate finance. And it continued to pique my curiosity because I'm very left brain, right brain. I love the people aspect, the marketing aspect, but I also love the numbers. And, um, you know, Wisconsin has a really strong alumni network. I mean, um, you know, I have guys that I went to graduate school over 30 years ago with, and I can pick up the phone and they'll call back in five minutes, you know, even though you haven't talked to them in 10 years. And um, it's, I, I think what it provides is a really strong financial base to really understand those decisions we're making, right? You know, what is that? that lease we're signing or what are, you know, what are the um, trickle down effects to the bottom line numbers that um, impact value of assets. Um, and I think part of it is too, they're coming out so young to be able to open up the door. And I heard some stories here that were profound to me that at a young age, we're able to get out and get into ICSEs and, you know, um, 
carve new relationships. So I don't know. I think it's, um, it's, I think it's inherent that we as people that have been in the industry for a while, try to help and mentor others. Maybe that's the message I would get out. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Just every, if every person grabs one person and pulls them along, we, you know, we've just doubled the size of the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and we've all had people who have helped us along the way. I mean, that's been huge yes. for me. Thanks, you guys. Well, that's, that's a big point. Thanks for coming up. Yep. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> Bye. Oh, she said appraisal, and I got weird deja vu of that class. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what, what was My the... What was the... With the overall experience that you had in college with, with that program, did you, um, you would say you liked it a lot, kind of didn't care too much. It kind of got you to the next step. What was your, your feedback? Overall, I liked it. Um, I, I was a finance major um, and the real estate courses were, I think I had four extra courses to make my degree real estate instead of finance. So same like, you know, undergrad classes to get there. Um, but I took real estate law, real estate appraisal, real estate finance, um, and then intro to real estate. Those were the four classes that made the finance degree a real estate degree. Um, so learning law was super interesting when it came to real estate. That's all about easements and leases and contracts and all that fun stuff. Um, and then appraisal was my worst class for sure. It was all about how to compare the value of properties and so much math. <laughs> it's just painful. It was just painful. But it was really good experience because I also double majored in marketing, which was a much easier degree. <laughs> so there was a, so two experiences there. But just to sum up this whole conversation, Justin, I really think it's, it's still two-sided is the educational piece where we can get out, you know, social media content for sure. And there's organizations that can educate young people and then us individually can educate individuals. But I still think there's the flip side of um, firms need to open their doors a little better and it can't be as, ex as exclusive as an industry as it is where you have to have basically a recommendation or a referral from another human being to get into it. So I, I still think there's that piece. Yeah, and I, I really, I liked Julie's idea about mentorship, right? So, you know, it's beyond just let's let's not only tell, you know, a, a, an individual or small group of people that this is a possibility. Let's not just share the message, but let's grab them and, and you know, put them on our back and take them along with us. And um, I, I think there's something there. I, I love, you know, Beth Azor, who, you know, a lot of people know and probably everyone in this room knows. Um, probably does mentorship uh, better than anyone I've seen. And the amount of people that have come out of, um, we'll call it Beth Azor's school, for instance, is just tremendous. So um, hats off to Beth, you know, continue doing the great work. And uh, maybe after this, we should all reach out to a young person that we know and uh, see if there's an opportunity to just let them tag along for a week or two and kind of get them familiar with what we're doing. That's a great idea. Um, I actually have a 9.45 call, so I'm going to jump in a minute. You said you're going to jump? All right. Thanks to everybody. So this has been This Week in Retail with Sabre Advisors. Uh, this has been a, a whole talk about getting young folks more, more on a recorded version.
uh, will reach out to someone um, you know younger than them that that that's you know trying to get settled in their career and uh, grab them and and teach them about what it is that we do. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you. Thank you.